The Tao of Self-Confidence, Episode 741. Welcome to the Tao of Self-Confidence, where I share stories of amazing women who have discovered their inner journey to self-confidence. Visit our website at thetaoofselfconfidence.com. Your inner journey to self-confidence awaits. Well, hello, friend. Welcome to the Tao of Self-Confidence, where I share stories of amazing women who have discovered their inner journey to self-confidence. I'm your host today, Sheena Yapchan, and today I have a phenomenal lady on the show today. She is an international speaker, writer, and advocate for victims of sexual abuse, and I'm really excited to have her on and share her story with us today on self-confidence. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce you to May Flores. May, how are you today? Maybe you can fill in a little bit more about yourself to the listeners. Hi, my name is May Flores. I started out as an actress, ended up being in advocacy and took a step back from acting in general. And that kind of led me into this great big world of focusing on gender-based violence, working with the UN, working with small and large-scale organizations that work within that space, and also doing a lot of writing and speaking about my personal stories about sexual violence. And that's pretty much how all of this kind of, you know, snowballed into something larger. Thanks for sharing that. And, you know, it's totally needed, you know, just helping victims of sexual abuse, especially for women, you know, nowadays, there's still a lot of women out there who can't even share their story because they think it's shameful, or it's not proper, even though it's not their responsibility, it's not their fault. And the more we can go out there and share stories and, you know, share that purpose, more and more women can have the courage to share their own story and realize that they're a lot stronger than they realize. So thanks for sharing that. And and May, what's your cultural background? I'm Filipina. I was actually born in the Philippines and my family immigrated here during, there was martial law and there was a little bit of a revolution in the Philippines in 1987 to 1989. So that's when my family came here to Chicago. Thanks for sharing that. And what'd be your favorite self-confidence quote? My gosh, there's so many. <laughs> where do I where do I even begin? I'm gonna have to have to kind of take my time with this, but it's more of my own quote that I say a lot. And it's kind of been like my rally cry when I would speak at TED Talk and, and during speaking engagements and things, and it would be, I am still here. And it's really simple. But if you really break it down, it, it means so much. You know, you can say it to yourself in the morning, you could say it in a group of people, but it really is such a powerful, you know, two or three words. And it really goes back to my own personal experience. And when I, I reflect back on everything that I've gone through, it, it means so much to me. And it's actually become a kind of a mantra when things go bad. Like I just had my surgery my, for my cervical cancer. And, you know, I realized that I'm still here. And, you know, it's such a simple thing. And then you realize it's something greater. And it, it's so impactful because we do have, you know, the opportunity to renew ourselves all the time, minute by minute, day by day. And so that's become a thing for me when things get really hard. I allow myself a day or a moment and then I say, you know what, but tomorrow I'm still going to be here. So, you know, it, it really puts a lot of things in perspective. Thanks for sharing that. And I, I really love that mantra you have because, you know, some of us feel like 
we're not worthy enough to be here and you know yet we're still standing here for a reason right and like just saying those words can realize like you're a lot stronger than you are and you've gone through so much and can still stand up and say you know i'm still here so i really like that quote and in your own words how do you define self-confidence Self-confidence is not something, you know, that you can purchase, you know, there's a lot of people that also say, you know, you can, you know, if I can teach you how to be things, I think it it really depends on the person, you know, self-confidence doesn't have to be this verbal rally cry of, you know, I'm this confident person and, you know, this is how I am. And a lot of people will will say like, it's this big to do. I feel. But self-confidence, I think, is just being able to, even within yourself, allow yourself, again, with I'm still here. I feel that's just in saying that that is self-confidence. It's such a simple thing. And and everybody thinks it's like this big thing. And, And in some ways, some people need it. But really, it really is up to us to develop it on our own, in our own way. Self-confidence can be in writing, in speaking. Heck, it could be in, in you know, just journaling to your personal self. It it's really depends on the person. And not one thing will work. I feel like there's many ways we can really express our self-confidence. And, and in addition to that, the more that we express it, I feel like we exude it. So I think verbalizing some sort of outlet will always kind of bring out self-confidence in in its own way. It's when we keep everything inside, I feel, you know, when there's no outlet, even if it's within ourselves that we don't have, that's when we really subdue the ability for us to have self-confidence. Thanks for sharing that great definition. And May, what was your life like before your discovery of self-confidence? Oh my gosh, I, I I thought I was always a confident person and I'm pretty outgoing, but people always say, you know, you're so outgoing and you're, you know, you're so happy and it looks like you've not, you've never lacked self-confidence. But in all actuality, I probably have been one of the most insecure people I can imagine. And I think it's the people that are, that are out there more that can tend to be the most insecure. We want to hide our flaws the most. You know, I pursued acting, I pursued, you know, dance, I pursued everything. And I still was the most insecure person in the world when it came to my personal relationships, when it came to just looking at myself in the mirror. And then you add traumas into that. And then I became a lot more verbal about it and became uh, an advocate. I mean, look at me. And it's a a way to to survive and to hide, you know, vulnerability. And so, you know, (laughs) that's that's the best way I could use it as an example is that, you know, self-confidence really did come with work. And there, you know, it it wasn't this easy thing that I'm just this confident person. It it was really, I'm probably the most insecure person out there. And I think a lot of people are that are kind of like me. It's a constant work in progress. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, I totally agree. Confidence is something we work on all day, you know, for the rest of our lives. And yeah, even though we feel very insecure, it's just taking that action to share our stories and share who we are. That's what true confidence is, right? I mean, just taking action, even if you doubt yourself, even if you feel scared, even if you feel insecure, you know, just going over that hump can really boost your confidence. And what was that point in your life when you realized you were more than enough to go out there and be who you are today? What was that aha moment? I think that there's been multiple aha moments and it really depends on uh, the the space and time because, you know, you don't get an aha moment and then you're like, everything's better. 
it, I feel like it happens in multiple spurts and then you go through a decline because we're all, our lives are all up and down. But the most recent aha moment would probably be, you know, when just the most recent with the surgery and I said you know I was really down about it I said and I it would hold me back from so much I mean my life's gonna change and then you know I realized I can still work you know I just because I'm in the met on the mend and in and I mean in a healing situation doesn't mean that I can't still advocate so I'm writing I'm you know talking, doing interviews such as this. And, and it helps me, you know, get over that hump of doubt. So I said, you know what, I can still do it. I'm still doing it, you know? So, you know, I think that that happens a lot, but I, I would say in a larger scale to encompass where I am now, as far as, you know, my advocacy and the work that I do, I would have to say my biggest aha moment would be, would be after my second sexual assault. And that was five years ago in two weeks. That'll be five years ago in two weeks. And I, you know, after it happened the first time, you realize, you know, you never really dealt with it. And then come a few decades later, it happens again. And you don't really expect that to happen twice in your life, you know. And I said to myself, now I'm a mom, you know, what are you supposed to do, you know, and I had to get up and and really figure out, like, I will not hide this. I can't hide this. And that became an opportunity for me to say, you know what, I'm going to be the perfect example of how you deal with trauma for my children, for my boys. And I said, you know, what better way than to teach young men what their mom, a, a female, is going through and how to guard women and protect them and have an understanding of what we go through on a day-to-day basis, especially when trauma like this hits. So there was a lot of worry about that, you know, having boys and knowing young boys and knowing what their mom went through. You know, we tend to hide that as Asian, as an Asian community. It's such a stigma. So that would be the aha, the biggest aha moment of my life would probably be after that sexual assault, that second time and being an adult and a mom. I had to do something. Thanks for sharing that. You know, I mean, it's a shame that it happened to you twice, right? I mean, most people can't even get over the, like most people can't even get over if it happened to them once, but you know, to happen, to make it like, you know, twice, it's like, I can't believe this is happening again. And why me? Right. And I'm sure you've questioned yourself so many times. And, you know, when there's something that's, or someone that's, you know, in front of us, that is, you know, a bigger purpose, like your kids, right? I mean, you want to teach them that, you know, just because we go through trauma, it's not the end of the world. We can still stand up and keep moving. And like you mentioned, you know, you're still here. You're still here sharing your stories, helping other victims of sexual abuse. You know, you're still here working regardless, you know, with the especially with the, you know, with the Internet, like, you know, being able to share your advocacies are like, you know, a lot easier because, you know, sometimes with the click of a button, you can just, you know, write an article and share it to the world and people can read it people can share it people can talk about it so it's like nothing is ever you know nothing's ever impossible but right anything's possible if you make it work it, it will take work some days it'll, it'll suck but it's worth it in the end and you know because of those realizations what's your life been like now I would say that it it has prevented me just having those realizations has prevented me from really like kind of being a ball of depression. I think that that's, you know, when things like that affect your life, it is very easy to just say, I have a past to not try anymore. You know, everybody will understand. Everybody will know that that that's why I am subdued. That's why I don't 
you know, I am not a go-getter. That's why there's so many things that people say, oh, I get it. It's okay. You know, she's been through so much. I don't want to be that person. And, you know, I think that that's such a big deal in how we manage things is that we do have those choices. And even though I would have been given those passes, it's not something that I want to define the rest of my life. I still have a lot of years left. You know, this doesn't end. My life doesn't end here. And so that's the biggest thing I would say is, you know, we can still move on and we still have choices. We have a choice to make it all the time. Thanks for sharing that. I love how you mentioned that because, yeah, it would have been easy for you to be like, you know, in that, like you mentioned, a ball of depression and be like, woe is me. But you said, nope. I mean, you can, you know, your circumstances can, you know, change you, right? It can, it can be, you know, something negative or something you can learn from or something good can come out of it. And, you know, as unfortunate as it is, like, you know, you're able to share your story, you're able to, you know, help other women out there and you're making a positive impact in the world. And when we see it in that light, it's like, you know, you you do have a purpose and it's, you have a reason to wake up every morning. You know, it's not only that, you still have, you know, two sons that you love and you're still here. Life is still here. You can still live life no matter what happens. And I think that's great that you're able to do that and still, you know, do the work that you do and help other women in this process too, who are going through the same situations. And if a woman's listening to your episode and she's in a similar journey to self-confidence, what would be that one tip you'd give to her? I think the the biggest thing is take your time. You know, you're not supposed to speak out or have this aha moment. Like we say, you know, I, I think that taking your time and understanding that it will come to you what you need at any given time. You know, it could be like 20 years from now. It could be immediate. You could immediately know I'm going to do this now. That's what's going to make me feel more like I'm taking action for what's happening in my life that needs change. I think patience and, and really knowing that, you know, no one is putting you under this, you know, this timer or alarm isn't going to ring. You know, you have so much time to really figure out and troubleshooting. You're going to fall a few times and you're going to make it a million times too, much more than you will fall. So it's like, just understand and be patient with yourself. That's my biggest thing, I think. Thanks for sharing those great tips. And if our listeners wanted to get to know a little bit more about you and what you do and check out some of your work, is there any links or social media profiles we can connect with? Definitely, you know, I'm pretty accessible. There's, you know, Instagram, there's my Mayflor, official Mayflores Instagram. There's a website that's actually in development because we had to take down the old one. So a new one is about to come up. And then obviously on Facebook, Twitter, it's it's everywhere. But I'm, I'm the one that manages that generally. So, you know, I will respond in time. So please feel free to reach out to me. Awesome. Well, thanks for sharing that. And to our listeners, if you want to connect with May, you can also head on over to thetowofselfconfidence.com and search for May's name. Her show notes will pop up along with everything else that we talked about. And I really just want to thank May today for taking the time to share her story and tips with us on self-confidence. So thank you so much, May. Thank you so much, Tina. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for asking me. Not a problem. It's really an honor to have you on the show. And to our listeners, be on the lookout for another new episode of Another Amazing Woman's Journey to Self-Confidence, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye for now. Thank you for tuning in to another amazing episode of the Tao of Self-Confidence. Get your free self-talk tape for building self-confidence by visiting our website at thetaoofselfconfidence.com. Your inner journey to self-confidence awaits.